If you've been listening to our podcast, you've probably caught on that we believe it's essential to optimize your nutrition during pregnancy and postpartum to support you and your baby's well-being. And although eating a healthy, well-balanced diet is crucial during these times in a woman's life, it might not be enough. Pregnancy and postpartum greatly increase the needs for certain nutrients, and to make things worse, factors such as stress, caffeine and sugar consumptions, poor sleep, and even chronic health conditions can all dramatically increase nutrient needs even more. That's why we decided to partner with Seeking Health, a high-quality supplement company that offers a variety of supplements to help you optimize your nutrition and get everything your body needs during these unique times in your life. Their supplements are made with bioavailable, pure ingredients in CGMP-certified facilities in the U.S., and they have an award-winning prenatal line. They also offer a rewards program, so make sure to sign up for an account when you make a purchase to save money on future orders. Click the link in the show notes to shop for Seeking Health Supplements today. Now on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to Modern Moms Wellness Podcast. I'm Renata and this is Jenna and we are here to discuss with you all things motherhood and the journey through the process with simple and practical advice and guidance. With that being said, we have reached episode 11, which is on the endocrine disruptors. Um, so we thought this would be a very valuable topic for, you know, honestly anyone, but women who are experiencing fertility issues or going through pregnancy, even in the postpartum period. But this is just a topic that is, I think has become really popular in the last, I want to say like five to 10 years, maybe about like what is out there that could cause us to have issues within our body. And I think a lot of people don't really know how the endocrine system works and uh, how much it is involved with pretty much every organ in, within our system, so our whole body, I mean. So there's the endocrine system is made up of hormone-producing glands. Hormones are the chemical messengers of the body. They transport data and instructions from one group of cells to the next. Almost every cell, organ, and function in our body is influenced by the endocrine system. Hormones are chemicals that coordinate different functions in your body by carrying messages through your blood to your organs, skin, muscles, and other tissues. These signals tell your body what to do and when to do it. Hormones are essential for life and your health. Hormones affect nearly every process in your body, including metabolism, growth and development, emotions and mood, fertility and sexual function, sleep, blood pressure, etc., and so forth. So that's a lot. That's a lot of things going on with endocrine. Um, pretty much every part of the body is affiliated, but there are specific organs and glands that are involved. So we have the pineal gland or pineal. I can never pronounce it. I think everybody always pronounces it differently. So mm. pineal, pineal gland, I say, yeah. pineal. Okay, so pineal gland. This is the tiny gland in your brain that's beneath the back part of your corpus callosum. It makes and releases the hormone melatonin. There's also the pituitary gland. This is the small pea-sized gland based, um, I'm sorry, at the base of your brain below your hypothalamus. It releases eight hormones, some of which trigger other endocrine glands to release hormones. There's also the thyroid gland. We definitely know that one. That's a butter-shaped 
that's a butterfly shaped gland in the front of your neck um, under your skin. It releases hormones that help control your metabolism. The parathyroid thyroid glands, these are four pea-sized glands that are typically behind your thyroid, um, existing on your esophagus or in your chest. They release parathyroid hormone PTH, which controls the level of calcium in your blood. Adrenal glands, um, this is a very important one. These are the small triangle-shaped glands on top of your kidneys. They release several hormones that manage bodily processes, metabolism, blood pressure, and your stress response. So cortisol is released from those. Um, hypothalamus, this is the structure deep within your brain. It's the main link between your endocrine system and your nervous system. It makes two hormones um, that your pituitary gland stores and releases, oxytocin and vasopressin, and makes and releases two hormones, dopamine and soma somatostatin, I think that's how you pronounce that one. Um, then we have the pancreas. This is the organ in the back of your abdomen. It's both an organ and a gland and is also part of your digestive system. It releases two hormones that are essential for maintaining healthy blood sugar levels, insulin and glucagon. Um, this is the organ that's affiliated with type one diabetes. Uh, adipose tissue body fat. This is the connective tissue that extends throughout your body. Um, it's found under your skin, between your internal organs, and in inner cavities of bones. Um, and this has, this adipose tissue releases many different hormones, leptin, angiotensin, and adiponectin, which Jenna will get into a little bit more about the uh, body fat and the, um, yeah, the body fat within ourselves. So then we have ovaries and testicles. So the ovaries are the female and testes are male. And then the ovaries are the small oval-shaped gland located on the side of your uterus. They produce and store your eggs and make sex hormones that control your menstrual cycle and pregnancy. And testes, the round organs underneath your penis, um, they make sperm and sex hormones as well as, um, part, uh, I'm sorry, particularly testosterone. Then there's some other organs involved, you know, throughout the body, like the digestive system, or systems, I guess, that are also involved. Um, but yeah, so tell us a little bit about the body fat and um, how that plays a role in in this. Yeah, should we do an um, an explanation of what the endocrine disruptors are first? Do you want me to sure. touch on that first? Yeah, um, let's so. Do it. The endocrine disruptors are chemicals. Um, so, for example, certain pesticides, um, plasticizers like BPA, um, phthalate or phthalates, phthalates, um, PCBs. Um, those are just some examples. There's so many, um, and these interfere with the endocrine hormone system in the body, um, and they mimic, block, or otherwise disrupt the normal function of hormones, which are crucial for body regulation, mm -hmm. growth, and development, as Renata covered. Um, and sometimes, um, or um, oftentimes, people don't think of things like heavy metals and also mycotoxins as endocrine disruptors, but, but they do fall into this category as well. Um, and many of these uh, endocrine disruptors are also obesogenic, so mm -hmm. they promote um, the storage of fat on the body. And in addition to this, they are fat-soluble. 
So they're stored in fat cells in the body, and this can make it more difficult for the body to process these toxins and eliminate them, um, especially because the liver largely deals with more water-soluble toxins. Um, if you're losing weight, um, and with that, generally you do lose fat, your body is releasing these toxins in larger amounts during this process, so it can actually impact the function of different organs in the body. Um, so it's really important to do certain things to help with this detoxification process, um, including certain compounds like binders. Um, and we're going to get into that later on mm -hmm. so that if they can help, even if you're not trying to lose weight, um, they can help with um, eliminating these toxins if you if you are exposed to them, which I mean, everyone is, yeah. there's really, it's difficult to get around it. It's yeah. they're in so many different products. Um, so it's, it can be really helpful to, um, support that detoxification of these different chemicals and heavy mm -hmm. metals, um, as, as well as preventing, um, exposure when possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're in like everyday products, like yeah. there's cosmetics, food and beverage packaging, toys, carpets, pesticides. Mm -hmm. I mean, your shower curtain, um, there is like flame retardants that have yeah. it. Um, and unfortunately it's in the chemicals in the air and whatever. So, you know, the exposure does happen outside too, but the one thing we can do is limit and limit them in our own household. Mm -hmm. And, um, that, that is how we, I like to reduce my own exposure. Um, another one that I think a lot of people also don't realize is fragrances can be, oh, yeah. um, endocrine disruptors and that those are, and it's literally the word fragrance. So, um, a lot of times when I find things, I like to see how it's scented. So if it has natural essential oils rather than just fragrance, the word, cause that could mean a entire, Oh my God. It's so broad fragrance. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, but that's in everything, so many things. And then there's like synthetic musks. And, um, the, the scary thing about synthetic musks is the fact that they have been found to build up in the body. Oh my God, this is it. The in body fat. Mm. And, and then it also says breast milk too. So oh, um, yeah, that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, is very valuable for, women who are thinking about, you know, getting pregnant or are in their postpartum uh, and breastfeeding. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that um, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, it is really important to be mindful of um, if you're losing weight during this time, mm. um, or if you're, if you want to do a detox, it's really important, important to go slow with it because you don't want to be releasing toxins into the body during this time. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, especially during pregnancy, I would advise against doing any, you know, purposely trying to lose weight, obviously, like that's a time where you're supposed to be gaining weight. Um, and it wouldn't be safe to do any sort of um, extreme detox. I mean, you can obviously, we'll talk about it, but there's mm -hmm. obviously things that you can do during this time to support natural detoxification processes, and that is beneficial. But um, in, in breastfeeding as well, I think it's it's fine to lose weight during this time, but it it's 
it is going to be important to go slow and to be really mindful of supporting that detoxification so that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not releasing a lot of toxins into the breast milk. And I do just want to mention, I know that this subject is really overwhelming and I've talked Mm -hmm. to so many moms and it's like, there's so many things that you can be doing to help reduce toxin exposure and things that you can be doing to um, help eliminate these from your body. And it's, it's overwhelming trying to figure out everything that you should be doing. And, you know, that, that mom guilt comes in that Mm -hmm. you feel like you should be doing better, especially, you know, in terms of products that you're giving your kids. Um, And I just, I just want to explain like this, it's, it's a slow process to Mm -hmm. try to do all of this. And you don't need to feel like you need to do all at once. And just doing little bits at a time is really great because it's, it'll become exhausting trying to figure out how to, you know, how to do all of it. And it's just going to increase anxiety. And we definitely don't want that. (laughs) We don't want to be increasing anxiety. Um, So it's, it's important to take it slow. Like I've been personally, I've learned, I learned about this stuff. I I don't know, starting in 2009, 2010, Mm -hmm. like a long time ago. And I've slowly been realizing things like even now I realize there's Mm -hmm. sneaky ways and sometimes it's unavoidable too. You know, sometimes we really like a particular product or um, there are certain things that we do want to buy. And so you kind of have to pick and choose. It's, it's impossible to be, you know, quote unquote, like perfect, (laughs) with this because we unfortunately that's just the the world we live in like these things are everywhere and you know do what you can but don't you know don't let this drive you crazy (laughs) yeah i agree it's taken me i think i started maybe five years ago reducing things and Mm. i'd say 10 years ago is when i was like something's up you know Mm -hmm. so and then slowly once again started reducing and i think i mentioned this in another episode and I do mention it, I, I have it down in my notes, but like take it room by room, like mm, start with mm-hmm. your kitchen. Okay, I'm gonna start reducing what I cook in, you know, the the non-stick stuff. So yeah, so take it room by room. Like Jenna said, you know, don't put pressure on yourself to do this. This is just things you can look out for and be mindful of. And if you like a product, buy the product, you know, mm-hmm. don't. It, if you're lessening it in other avenues, that's totally cool. It's all good. So definitely yeah. agree with her. Like, just take it easy, relax. It's taken us 10 years to, you know, reduce as much as we possibly can. And mm-hmm. and that's okay. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I, mm-hmm. the reason I started so early, well, it's, I think the biggest reason is I was dealing with really bad hormonal cystic acne. Yeah. Um, and there were some other factors, but definitely products that I was using were having mm-hmm. an impact. Um, things that I was putting into my body definitely had an impact. Um, and it was really helpful. You know, that wasn't the only piece to the puzzle, but I would say that also, you know, if you are someone who has sensitive skin, um, or who's like sensitive to, um, fragrances and that sort of thing, then going a more natural route, can also help with that, um, mm-hmm. different skin issues and, um, different signs of slow detoxification, um, which can 
be shown in like the skin, brain health, um, mental health, mm. um, fertility issues. There's lots of different signs that pop up mm -hmm. when you're dealing with slow detoxification and heavy toxin loads. Um, yeah, I, I go into a little bit about how it can affect fertility and pregnancy. Um, I found like a few examples and studies and stuff that show that. And cause I remember too, like I've reduced the stuff that I put on my skin a lot or changed it and stuff. And I suffered from pretty bad acne as well. And I'd say finally it's gotten a lot better cause I found mm -hmm. products that have helped it. I eat a pretty whole food diet. Um, but the skincare was the big thing. I mean, I was using like that oxy stuff yeah. where the oxy wipes and it was just like alcohol like burning my skin Ouch. off yeah, yeah i tried those i tried everything, <laughs> everything. and i everything. obviously all made it worse you know yeah. especially bouncing around to the different products mm -hmm. yeah i've i found um i make salve myself um mm. herbal salve that i use on my face um i infuse um extra virgin olive oil with Lovely. i've been doing calendula um chamomile Mm. um licorice rue and plantain and okay. i i there is a lotion that i buy it's um for um super sensitive skin kind of like rosacea sort of prone or acne prone skin mm. um i because i've struggled like my skin oh my has just God, become yeah. more and more sensitive over time especially yeah. after having kids um so i've really struggled to find products that work um, but that using that lotion and then using my salve um, has been really helpful. I don't get any sort of weird reactions, but that. makeup, like I just, I can't even really wear makeup anymore. I, I have, yeah. I have a powder that I can use. I think it's called Sheer Miracle. It's um, made for sensitive skin, but it's funny, like no matter what kind of um, product I put on my face, my skin just like dries up so mm -hmm. quick. Like you never look at my face and think I have dry skin, but then right. I put foundation on or whatever. And it's, it just, dries so up. whatever with the, <laughs> the makeup. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> later in the episode two, I have a bunch of brands that um, oh, are nice. clean and free of a lot of uh, endocrine disruptors. So we can go over that, but yeah, I like barely nice. wear makeup. I, it just like either would give me acne or mess up my mm -hmm. somehow mess up my skin. I mean, I wear a little bit of eyeliner every now and then, but um, yeah, it just was like hmm, makeup yeah. free is the way to be, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like I also, you know, I'll, I'll wear it at like a special occasion or something, but like a wedding or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, I just same. Mine didn't. Um, I didn't dry up, but it would get, I would have acne like immediately the next day. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I'd rather have clear skin than, you know, something affecting. And I even tried so hard to look for makeup forever ago. And these like, you know, let's say Maybelline, they're like free and clear. And then you still look yeah. on the back and there's a titanium dioxide or something. And you're like, mm -hmm. why? Like, why is this in my makeup? But anyway, yeah, that's another dioxins and dioxides. Yeah. Those are other ones. Um, parabens. Yeah. I don't know if you said that, right? Parabens. Parabens. Yeah, I think yep. I think so. Titan yeah. Titanium dioxide. I haven't really taken a taken a deep dive into that, but 
um, that's something that I have a face sunscreen for sensitive skin mm-hmm. and it has it in it. I think the brand might be Blue Lizard, okay. um, but it's, I can't find another sunscreen that I like that doesn't, you know, isn't totally white um, right. I know. and it's works. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, see, this is a situation where I'm, mm-hmm. I'm using a sunscreen that I like that works well. It has titanium dioxide in it, but it doesn't make me break out. Right. It, you know, it doesn't cause like uh, a rash on my face. So it's, it's tricky. Like even, e- even when you know about these things, sometimes you have to just, you just have to use the products yeah. that you like and do th- other things to help support your body in, exactly. in these ways. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to add in too that is an endocrine disruptor are is phytoestrogens. Um, these are naturally occurring substances in foods and plants, and um, one of them is a soy. Soy has a lot of phytoestrogens, and those mimic estrogen within the body and can cause some issues within the reproduction potentially increase estrogen in men, um, and then that could cause gynecomastia. Uh, and same with certain essential oils for young boys, too. Mm-hmm. So those are potential endocrine disruptors for young boys. It's uh, lavender and tea tree, which oh, are interesting. Topical? Yeah, yeah, so, yep, and smelling. So if they're in the air. For young boys, though, only like it's only young boys. And it can, it can yeah, it can create, um, once again, an increase in estrogen. And then um, hmm. has shown to have prepubertal gynecomastia. Um, and that's just the abnormal breast growth in young boys. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so there's so many out there. Um, I know you said PCBs. Um, mm-hmm. What I mean, BPA is like you might have said that one. Um, yeah, BPA. I want to in... touch on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just gonna say I want to touch on soy real quick. Um, oh, yeah, before it. we move on to it. So there's definitely there's a lot of mixed um, mm-hmm. advice and information on soy. Um, from what I understand, higher amounts um, in men can be problematic, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, lower amounts maybe not an issue. Um, and then also for it, it kind of depends, but, um, sometimes soy for women, it's actually been shown to help reduce the risk of, um, breast cancer, um, and other estrogen related cancers, um, because it binds to different receptors than, Mm -hmm. um, the more, um, potent estrogen, the more problematic estrogen. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the exact, like, um, biology chemistry behind all of that mm-hmm. is. Um, so don't quote me on all this, but I know that it isn't the same as stronger estrogens that can cause issues like the estrogens that we see in these endocrine disrupting chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually might be protective because it can bind to, um, I think it can bind to those same receptors as the stronger estrogens can. So it can actually block the more problematic estrogens. Um, so, and then also, you know, this isn't really the population that um, we're speaking to right now, but women in perimenopause and mm-hmm. postmenopause, they can actually benefit from um, phytoestrogens when their yes. estrogen levels are starting to dip. Um, so, yeah, I just, if anyone's eating soy and um, 
I would say, you know, obviously just right, like exactly. tofu, tempeh, so miso, yeah. those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, overprocessed soy, we don't have the same um, there's not the same data on that that right. hasn't been shown to be protective in those ways. Yep, yep. Yeah, when I was talking about soy, I'm talking about that processed, like, yep. you know, I don't want to say it, but like the processed vegan soy food that you could get. Yeah, like that, fake meat. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. It's soy isolate, eat. or what is it? It's mm-hmm. soy. Um, or just soy protein isolate or something, yeah. I think. There's. Yeah, anything where you see it it processed in some way, it's gonna. Because I love be edamame. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I love popping those. I'm like all salty and delicious. Uh, <laughs> never been a big tofu person myself because of just it's the texture for me. Yeah. But um, and same with tempeh. I don't really like that, but I love edamame, and I'll eat that, like, mm-hmm. you know, like once a month or something. Um, I'll get it with my when I get sushi or whatever. But um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, edamame is good. Miso, love miso. Um, one fun fact, <laughs> this doesn't even have to do with anything, but one fun fact about miso is it takes like 30 years to make, like but... the fermentation process. I know I found that out and I was like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. There's wow. a really, I know, really great documentary on Netflix. It's called like Salt, Fat, Heat, and I can salt fat heat and fire maybe no that's heat Mm. I don't know just you'll you'll find it by salt fat heat and it's this chef she goes to multiple different regions she goes to Japan and she finds out about miso and I was blown away by that but highly recommend that documentary that was a little side note interesting Um, so if you want to start a miso business you have to wait 30 years 30 years yeah (laughs) and I think that might even be like the lowest amount of time like I think the fermentation process is like crazy long um yeah but um I know we mentioned BPA that shit is in everything yeah (laughs) it is Mm -hmm. and they tried to replace it with I think BPS I think a lot of cans or whatever that are BPA free now have um, a similar compound to BPA. It's not the mm-hmm. same and potentially is more problematic. Yeah. Um, I haven't dived into that in a long time, but um, it's tricky because with canned foods, you know, it's especially fish. I feel like that's such an easy way to get more fish into your yep. diet. Um, and those have good healthy fats in them like salmon, um, you know, wild caught salmon, um sardines sardines, herring um mackerel mackerel, those are usually in cans and i think one thing i heard is avoid um things in cans that are acidic because Mm, it can break down that plastic lining so anything like tomatoes um the canned fish that has um lemon in it that sort of Mm, thing it can break it down more um and to get fish in water rather than an oil because that's going to absorb more um you know i it's tricky because it's like well i guess with tomato paste i was going to say it's you know if you're making like a chili or something that calls for tomato paste i think there are a lot of glass options at this point um i think so too but but it's possible now um a tube that has tomato paste and I can't remember, I, I have the tube and I don't know like what the lining is or anything, mm. but um, I eat a lot of tin fish and um, 
It's like one of my favorite foods. And I have seen on the cans now BPA free and, but I have not seen the BPS or whatever. And so now I'm going to start looking at that, but I think you could find good tin fish um, without it now, if I'm correct, because I buy a lot of it and I've noticed there's also like foreign tin fish. There is tin fish clubs out there now, if you want to subscribe to something. Hmm. Um, so you could actually get the foreign like vintage tin fish too, that, you know, we do know that in certain countries, they've banned a lot of this type of stuff that America has not banned. So yeah, they were, they are reducing effortless, effortly reducing, um, their endocrine disruptors over there and over there as in like Europe, I don't know like yeah. the exact countries, but. Yeah. Anywhere but the U.S. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, Italy, I know, is one of them. Um, A lot of, like, I want to say, like, Norway, maybe. um, But I'm not going to go into that because I really don't know for a fact. But Mm. everyone except the U.S. So Yeah, yeah. I know. I think Italy. I think that's one that I've heard of, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they do labels for certain things. Like, um, are food dyes? I think food dyes are considered... Oh, 100%. Endocrine disruptors, yeah. too. Yeah. So there's countries that um, they have warning labels. Did you see that, like, um, video on Instagram recently? There was, like, a video going around of this woman in a different country showing candy. Um, she's like, yeah, whenever we get candy from the U.S., there's warnings on it. Like, you would see on, like, a cigarette box. And oh it's a warning of the harmful effects of the um, – of the ingredients, some of the ingredients, including the food dyes. And wow. yeah, it's crazy. It's I Yeah. Well, I was reading about red 40 and yellow lake mm-hmm. or something, yellow 10. I'm not sure. But um, they, if you feed that to your, your kids before the age of three, it can cause an increase of like ADHD, um, mm-hmm. autism. Um, what are some obesity? I mean, it's yeah it's yeah crappy because you know you feed your kid you try to feed your kids food that they're gonna eat kids are picky you know so Mm -hmm. it's hard and you have to pick something and you cereal for instance and then they're eating it they love it but you might look and be like why does it die in it you know i know yeah mac and cheese to make it more yellow has has craft mac and cheese has yellow dye in it i i like grew up on food dye and and sugar like that was my diet growing up and you know there there were some like healthy things thrown in there it wasn't all it wasn't all terrible but um definitely a lot of it was and that was just the norm and you know i do do have some health issues that are probably related to it um but yeah um And you're doing the best now to, you know, kind of take heat on that and, and mm-hmm. reduce that stuff. Like, I know um, one thing I I w- didn't, I wasn't allowed to eat certain cereals when I was growing up, but I really always wanted Lucky Charms. And mm-hmm. so when I got into college, I ate box after box of Lucky Charms because oh I was like deprived <laughs> that growing up. Yeah. And That's then so I funny. like remember how much lucky I ate so much lucky charms. 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, like to think about what I just put in my body. So but it was funny. delicious. Like, yeah. Oh, it was so sugary that, good. Yeah. That's like, that's something that I've thought about. It's like, you know, in so many different situations, if you're too restrictive with your kids, then mm-hmm. there's a chance that they're going to want these things even more when they're older. So it's like, um, I don't know. I try not to be, you know, the food police. Like I try not to, um, you know, tell my kids they can't have certain things. We are particular about what we buy and bring into the house. And that's one way to, um, you know, get around that. But it's, you know, when they're out and about in the world, they are eating these different things, birthday parties, whatever. And, but it's funny because my kids will, you know, they, they know, they know I'm a nutritionist. They don't know exactly what that means, but, (laughs) (laughs) but they know that I, you know, I have certain feelings about certain things and I try, I try not to be negative about it or overwhelm them with it because I don't, I'm not trying to cause any sort of, um, you know, eating disordered eating patterns. It's I'm trying to avoid that, but it's like exactly, they'll go out to yeah. a party and they'll be like, "We got slushies and <laughs> we got ice cream and you know we ate all this stuff." And it's kind of like the first thing that they'll say to me, which is like, you know, it's kind of interesting because yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm not telling you you can't have these things. It's just not something I'm going to buy and bring into the house because I understand what you know, what, what it's doing it to your body. Like exactly. we're trying to support your health um, rather than, you know, eating things that aren't supporting your health, but it's, it's tricky. Yeah. It's just so adding tricky. that extra layer of having kids and, and trying to navigate this, mm-hmm. this health world. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah it's yeah. tough. And um, you know, and also like, Oh, I wanted to add in one thing too, cause I'm a pickle fiend that certain mm. pickles use yellow dye yeah. in their thing. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. A pickle is a cucumber with vinegar. Like, yeah. why are you putting yellow dye in a jar just to make it like yellow? Like it's a pickle, yeah. it's cucumber. I know, like, I know. It's weird. I, I actually noticed that like, I don't know, within the last year too, cause Eli yeah. wanted pickles somewhere. And I looked at the ingredients. I'm like, what the heck? Like, I know. Really? D- why? It yep. doesn't make sense. It really exactly. doesn't. It's like, exactly. why, why are we doing this in the U.S.? It's so crazy. I actually, there was another Instagram reel that came up and it might've been one I saved for the podcast when we start to um, do that next mm-hmm. season, review some reels. Um, and the woman was talking about, you know, how are we in the U.S.? Like we have the most fitness centers. We have the most supplements, you know, we have... Um, the most expensive healthcare and just all these things that we have in the U.S. But how are we one of the sickest countries in the world? Oh, yeah. Like, how is everyone, you know, all this cancer, just mm. all these different issues that Americans have? And it's not it's not just America. There are other countries that, that deal with these issues, but it's. It's just crazy that yeah, it is the way it is. The, yeah, it's the Western diet and a lot of countries. I mean, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in another episode about um, when certain people come from other countries to America and they adapt with the, into the Western diet, they mm-hmm. just shoot up with 
diseases like it just yeah. like you know 10 years and they're like obesity cancer and it's crazy because they mm-hmm. were eating their cultural diet where they're from and then they come over and they're like oh yeah sugar sugar's in everything yeah. sugar's in everything here and yeah. so like yeah i've mentioned that before and like um yeah you just don't they eat i mean like they eat things based around their culture and there's so much different culture here but you know we have that the diet of high carb um high sugar Mm -hmm. um processed foods high protein even because protein is super good for you but if you're eating 12 plus ounces of meat a day you're like you know that's a lot it's a lot yeah i yeah and i think um inflammatory uh, oils as well and yes, fats. Yep. Um, Seed oils. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the meat too, it's kind of like, is it the meat or is it, you know, the way that it's raised? The is industry. it these farmed, yeah. um, factory farmed animals who are being fed um, diets that are high in inflammatory foods? Ugh, um, yeah. So, you know, these animals being fed terrible diets and terrible environments, you know, that's that's what they're being made of and then Mm. you're you're eating that meat and so so i think that can play a role in it as well um definitely 100 percent uh what a topic i mean it could this could all be discussed for hours i feel like i think everything we've talked about this entire season that we talked about for like 50 million hours (laughs) it's just so much Yeah. yeah um but anyway, so I wanted to touch on endocrine disruptors for fertility and pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really important, especially because, you know, this is Modern Moms Wellness Podcast, and uh, we like to address things based around pregnancy and postpartum. So one thing I saw, I'll give a couple just studies and statistics and stuff, but um, so hormones are critical to reproduction. They include the sex hormones, estrogen and women, androgens, testosterone in men, and hormones secreted by the pituitary gland and hypothalamus in both genders. Healthy fertility rates depend on viable eggs in women and plentiful sperm in men. Research studies have linked EDCs to negative impacts on both. So for example, BPA changes the neuroendocrine pathways fundamentally in reproductive health. Other culprits include BPDEs, used in products from flame retardants to electronics and phytolates, which are commonly used to increase the flexibility of plastic and vinyl. There's also evidence that endocrine disruptors induce changes to germ cells, the precursors to sperm and egg cells. BPA exposure during a woman's reproductive years has been shown to compromise embryo implantation. Um, Then we have EDCs can also affect the duration of fertility in girls. Early life exposure to DDT may contribute to an earlier onset of puberty. Once they become adults, this exposure may also lengthen menstrual cycles and accelerate menopause. Lead, another reproductive toxin, may shorten a woman's reproductive lifespan. Even at low levels, lead changes reproductive hormones in prepubescent girls and healthy premenopausal women. For men, sperm counts in certain regions of the world, including the United States, have declined by as much as 50% over the last half century. EDCs have been linked to undescended testicles and urethra defects in men Mm -hmm. and women and endometriosis and fibroids in women. 
Ovarian cysts have been associated with higher amounts of chemicals such as BPA in the body. I mean, this list is endless. It, it's yeah. a little disheartening, but um, the placenta is a temporary endocrine organ that forms during pregnancy, obviously. It produces hormones that are important for and preparing your body for labor and breastfeeding. The placenta is especially sensitive to endocrine disruptors due to its abundance of hormone receptors. Um, EDC's exposure has been shown to reduce placenta cell viability, as well as some of this, some of these might build up in placental tissues and affect how well the placenta functions. And then um, basically last but not least, endocrine disrupting chemicals are ubiquitous and pregnancy is a sensitive window for toxin exposure. They may disrupt the maternal immune system, which may lead to poor pregnancy outcomes. A study measured EDCs in early pregnancy and exposures are associated with distinct changes in the maternal and neonatal inflammasome, which is an inflammatory, I'm pretty sure that means inflammatory responses. Um, first trimester urine samples were tested for 12 phyllets, 12 phenols, and 17 metals in 56 women. This is a small study, but it's showing a little bit of how this exposure is affecting pregnant women. Um, their results demonstrated that maternal and cord blood cytokines were differentially associated with individual EDCs and EDC mixtures. Several individual cytotoxin, cytotoxin, cytokines, excuse me, cytokines are um, basically like, aren't they just like toxins in the bodies? Well, those are, and then the Cyto um, are they oh, cytotoxins. Yeah. So, okay. Yep. Yep. Um, Sometimes words also, I'm like, what am I reading right now? But um, several individual cytokines are associated with gestational age and birth weight. These observed associations between EDC mixtures and the pregnancy inflammasomes may have clinical and public health implications for women of childbearing age. And this is from the article of early pregnancy exposure to endocrine disrupting chemical mixtures are associated with inflammatory changes in maternal and neonatal circulation. So if you want to look that up. Then um, researchers also found that early maternal exposure to certain endocrine disruptors can affect the development of mammary, I cannot speak, um, mammary glands in unborn babies. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot to take in. Um, it was a lot to say as well, clearly. Um, I stuttered a little bit, but yeah, that's a lot to take in. The effect that it has on women and fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a little disheartening in my opinion, you know, just hearing that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to like scare anybody because we remember we, the disclaimer is we're not trying to like freak anybody out, but yeah, mm -hmm. they can, it can, it can be a little intense. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And all of that, I mean, the rates of um, infertility and fertility issues in the U.S. is just continuing to go up less people are having kids. And I don't mm -hmm. know if that is related, you know, probably partly related to increased fertility issues and also choice not to, but right. You know, I makes me wonder like how big of a role do all these chemicals play? Like I know there's, there's different reasons for infertility. Um, but it makes me wonder, you know, yeah with yeah. all these new chemicals that we have building up in the bodies. And that's another thing that I, I forgot to mention is that they're passed down like through generations. So, mm. you know, if 
so now we're kind of, I don't know, how many generations in are we with using these crazy chemicals in, um, you know, agriculture, applying them to our foods, yeah. um, adding, mixing them in with processed foods. So we're generations into this. And now people our age are having issues with fertility, mm, probably because it's built up. Yeah, and I would like say, I mentioned, it's you know stored in the fat cells, yeah, so. which are all over yeah. the body. And yeah, I would say the industrial revolution. So like you know, late eighteen hundreds into the nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, when we started processing food, making mm -hmm. more food after. Um, and then, so basically after the Civil War into World War One, and then, um, you know, they wanted to make it easier on women to cook and stuff. So they started creating canned foods. Yeah. And um, I would, so I would say probably early 1900s when the Industrial Revolution was really starting to process way more foods after, because I think there was a super increase in kids too. And um, around like what I want to say, maybe like the wartime, like 1920s into 1940s. And like after there was like mm. a huge increase um, and they were like, we need to find out how to process more food for these people. So mm -hmm. canned food started happening. Um, I remember that was huge in the 40s into, you know, that's what they started eating. Um, I know my parents ate a lot of canned food growing up and mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's interesting that you say that because the generational, because one of the things that we said was that it can affect the development of mammary glands and unborn babies. And that shows like the generational pass down, I feel like of, of mm -hmm. the endocrine disruptors. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. What else do, okay. So is there anything you want to add into that as well too, to like, branch off or we should, should we go into how to reduce exposure? Um, yeah, let's talk about reducing exposure. Um, yeah. So I think we talked a bit about plastic, so <laughs> avoiding, <laughs> you know, reducing plastic when possible. Um, and let's see, there's, there's so much, there yeah, there are some plastics that are um, labeled as bio-based or greenware, um, and they're made from corn um, and don't contain bisphenols. Okay. Um, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> those are a little better. Um, and then for, you know, with canned food, if possible, opting for things that are fresh and frozen rather yep. than canned um, and let's see, glass using glassware, stainless yes, steel, stainless steel, yes, um, or wood, wood to yep. store and heat food. Wood, that's interesting. What would? Yeah, like maybe um, wood cutting boards. Um, oh yeah, stuff okay. like that. Yeah, or like wood um, serving trays. Or mm -hmm. um, I don't think I would ever put wood and to like cook food on but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um i didn't uh, catch that when i was yeah but no that makes sense so cutting boards i have a wood cutting board that mm -hmm. i when i was going through like a crazy phase of reducing stuff i was like i need everything mm -hmm. so i that was my like one year of being like kind of wild but then i kind mm -hmm. of stopped i i was going crazy so i was like i gotta chill out for a second but 
I got a nice wood cutting board for Christmas and I love it. And yeah, they're really great. Um, But yes, so reduce. So uh, Jenna mentioned stainless steel because a lot of cookware has that nonstick. I want to say it's Teflon. Is that the, I think the name of it? Yeah. Teflon is, is, I don't know how much Teflon's used now. I think it's still pretty widespread though. Yeah. It used to be. It was a lot worse. On everything. And, oh my God. And actually I have like a terrible story about Teflon. So when I was um a teenager, I used to live at my lake house during the summer mm-hmm. um because I worked in the town over lifeguarding. And so I was there during the week on my own, my parents were only there on the weekends. And so I would do everything myself. And I must've been 17, I think at this time. And I was cooking breakfast. My mom had bought a new pan and it was a Teflon pan and I had no idea. And I, but that it was Teflon, what that meant. Yeah. Um, so, and you're supposed to clean these thoroughly before you use them for the first time there's like a whole process and I made breakfast on that pan and I felt so sick the whole day and I really I think I was kind of like oh could it have been that pan but just yeah oh Oh, I felt so terrible it's like oh my god and these are you know I think Teflon's considered one of like those forever chemicals like they're so hard to get out of your body um there are ways to support detoxification of it but it's like oh gross terrible yeah (laughs) i uh my parents ended up getting me another christmas gift um stainless steel pan set with pots and Mm. stuff and nice yeah and i just there's i think there's um you can find that like macy's or just google stainless steel panware or whatever and it, it they'll come up and um uh yeah that's yeah, I can only imagine how. So, so was it because you didn't wash it and you cooked right on top? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. It just makes you think. But um, mm-hmm. I was another, like, oh, mm-hmm. I was. Gonna say, no, no, no. Yeah. I also have like another story of how I was like poisoned. Oh my god. <laughs> With it just one. like makes me wonder. So this one's like maybe TMI at certain parts, but, um, so I was really young. I think I was only three years old and I was at the store with my mom. It must've been uh, Home Depot or Walmart or something like that. And we were in the gardening section and I was touching all the bags, you know, when as a kid you go grocery shopping or whatever you're doing at the store and you're touching everything. So I was going around touching all these like bags that were probably some sort of like fertilizer or um yeah yeah. so I was touching these fertilizer bags all these different chemicals and then we got into the car and I only like realized this a few years ago it's kind of like in retrospect I realized what happened got into the car my mom gave me a peanut butter sandwich did not wash my hands (gasps) and the later that night I felt so the sandwich like tasted gross and I was like what is wrong with the sandwich like why is it so gross and later that night I got so sick and like delirious sick and um I won't explain what happened (laughs) exactly but like got sick kind of got all over the place and um my mom was like you know what's wrong like what's are you sick like what's what's happening 
And it was only in retrospect that I realized like I was freaking poisoned. And like, I'm so lucky that, you know, like I didn't get any sort of like serious consequences because I mean, those are toxins, you know, I could have poison could have easily like been much worse than because my mom didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Like didn't call like poison control or anything. Um, yeah, it's yeah. And you know, what's interesting too, is I feel like at that time when we were growing up that like everything was chemicals. And now, Mm -hmm. even though there are many, many chemicals out there, we are now conscious, like there's brands that you can get that are chemical free, but everything back then I felt was just chemicals. It was, you know, like, so it was like the whole Mm -hmm. new world of like, things are easier because of chemicals. So, and every fertilizer, every, I mean, there, everything had stuff in it because it was easy. It was easier. Kill your weeds, kill your, Mm -hmm. you know, mold, kill your, not mold, uh, maybe mold, kill your blah, 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 kill your this, kill your that. And then you realize, oh, I'm using the harshest chemicals out there to do this. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's crazy stuff. The nineties were a different time. Right. Great time, but everything. Yeah. Um, one thing that I recently did too, was I got a water filter. Um, mm. I got a Berkey. I did have a life straw prior to that, but I really love my Berkey. I moved into a home that has well water, which obviously is not, um, state provided. So it's just based in a well in my backyard and it is very, so it has that sulfurness to it, very mm. eggy and the taste is very minerally. Uh, so I use the Berkey to do that, but, um, I suggest that even for tap water, like mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah, tap definitely. water is high in arsenic, high in heavy metals, high in fluoride. Um, yes, fluoride is okay for you and very limited amounts for your teeth, but you don't want to mm-hmm. be ingesting flu- tons of fluoride every single day, all day, you know, like yeah. you want yeah. a little bit for your teeth. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. just- every now and yeah. then, you know, so it, it depends on the, the town you live in too. Like I yes. recently, yeah. I always thought that Worcester had fluoride in the water, but, um, I, when I, one of the last times I went to the dentist, they told me that Worcester doesn't have fluoride in the okay, water. So that's good. Like, that's nice. Yeah. yeah that's really one good. thing, one, one bad thing. That's not in our water. Right. I was like, <laughs> Lots of other things. I was a tap water girl. I was like, it's fine. You know, I loved yeah. it. I was like, it tastes great. Cause Schenectady similar type of thing, just good water. Like, and then mm-hmm. I got my Berkey and I got or the life straw and then I got the Berkey and then I tried tap water again after I've been drinking the filtered water. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I could not believe the taste. I couldn't, I was like, I was dr- drinking that. Like I couldn't believe the taste. It was mm-hmm. mind blowing to me that I didn't recognize it back when I was drinking it. And then when I filtered water and I drank it after I was like, damn, that's different. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I can't drink tap water yeah. now. I used to yeah, as well, but like, I can't swore can't by it. It. <laughs> it gets all yeah. good. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. What yeah, are other sure. things? Reduce fragrances. So like, Mm-hmm. Glade air freshener or um, yeah. Febreze or um, cleaning certain cleaning products, candles. You want to buy like um, organic essential oil based candles. Um, 
laundry supplies, personal care products, mm-hmm. uh, detergents. Did I say, oh yeah, laundry supplies. Um, oh, and one thing I did write was read labels. Like, yeah, I know that I've incorporated, like if it has like 10 or more ingredients, I try to stay away from it. Um, and then I read the ingredients just to see, like if I can't pronounce something, um, I'm really not interested in purchasing that, but, mm-hmm. um, that takes a lot of effort. I'm not going to lie. Cause you have to read everything and, and look at everything you're buying. And it's, yeah. so that's a, that's a, that's a day by day thing or a, you know, week by week, take that, start incorporating that little by little as you read. I'd start with just food in general and then move into other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, so many alternatives nowadays, um, yes. healthier alternatives to your favorite sort of foods. And that's actually, that's kind of what I did in the beginning. Um, when I started eating a healthier diet, I kind of found the alternatives to things that I, I really liked. And mm-hmm. um, I kind of, I went a little hard into it at, from the beginning because I was like, okay, I'm ready for a change. I'm like tired of feeling like crap all the time. So I, there I did focus on eating like a mainly like whole food sort of diet. I cut out Mm -hmm. sugar, anything with added sugar. Um, But there, you know, there were certain times um, where I did want certain things and I would just buy the, you know, healthier alternative to that thing. Yeah. Um, That's a, that's a great way to look at it too. Like, you know, just substituting with what you Mm -hmm. were originally buying with something that is an alternative, a healthier alternative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, within like the context of a well-balanced, healthy diet, exactly, yeah. um, because you don't want to just swap one junk food for another. That you yeah. know, maybe it doesn't have these ingredients that are terrible for you, but it's um, you know, if it's not uh, nutrient-dense food, then it's yeah. gonna have this similar sort of effect. <laughs> yeah, you know, yep. like the gluten-free thing. Like people when they realize they can't eat gluten anymore, and then they're buying all the gluten-free products. And it's, I mean, Mm. it's higher in sugar. Yeah. Compared to usually. Damn sugar, man. You know what? Sugar is an endocrine disruptor too. Like, let's just call it for what it is. Like, Mm -hmm. it it messes with the hormones. It messes with your digestive tract. Like, let's just call it one of those two because it really does mess up everything too. So... Mm -hmm. One thing I also am just thinking of is coffee and how that's mm. produced and coffee beans. And um, I just recently switched. This was like literally a week ago because I've been looking up stuff and I'm a big mushroom girl. And I did originally have mushroom coffee from Four Sigmatic, but I just bought this like mushroom based coffee that is, and I'm not like a huge coffee drinker, but I do like it every now and then I work pretty long hours. So it is nice to have like four less than four ounces just to kind of give me a little pick me up. But, um, um, I recently bought rise coffee, mushroom coffee, powder and probiotic, uh, creamer powder creamer. And, um, it is doing a good job. That's all I'm going to say. And it's, yeah. So that's, that's really changed. And, but I, I try to look up really good coffee and I don't drink that much, like I said, but, um, I'd rather have a better brand of coffee when I do than when I, than when I don't. And you'll see a lot of like mixed beans or, 
Mm -hmm. uh, it's similar to olive oil where if the olive oil says more than one country, ditch it. Like that means it's been processed. It's been, there's pesticides, there's, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's kind of like coffee in a way, like just look for a brand that uses organic ways, yeah. sustainable ways to yeah. produce the bean. So yeah, definitely organic. I think I yes. actually just found this out like a year ago or something that coffee is super high in pesticides yes. or, or chemicals, um, agricultural chemicals, um, when not organic. So that is one to switch to organic. That's one mm -hmm. thing. Um, and so, you know, in terms of organic versus non-organic with different foods, produce, um, it's financially, obviously these organic things are more expensive. Um, so there is the environmental working group does create a list every single year, um, nice. called the clean 15 and then the dirty dozen. Yes. So, um, and these are based on conventional produce. So if you're looking to save money, but also, you know, buy, r reduce your exposure to, um, and, um, agricultural chemicals that those are lists that you can look up. That's, you can Google that they do it every single year. Um, so you'd want to focus on the foods that are on the dirty dozen list to buy those ones organic. Yes. Um, and then the clean 15, those are safer to buy conventionally, but with any of that, you do want to, um, to wash them well, peel them if they have, um, skins on them, if possible. Um, there's like a certain way that you should wash these produce because the, I'm pretty sure the agricultural chemicals that they use are oil based. So you can't just rinse them off with water. Yeah. I, that's another thing I recently heard of. You can't just rinse them, um, with water and get them off. There's, and you know, there's special, um, washes that you can buy, you know, they're probably expensive, but, um, they might be worth it, but yeah. I have heard that soaking it in water with vinegar and baking soda yes, I've heard that. can help. Um, so, and it's, maybe doing that a couple times. And luckily you could buy a jug of vinegar, white vinegar mm -hmm. for like, I want to say like three bucks. I feel like unless yeah, it's gone and the baking soda, there. but yes. And baking soda. Yeah. So both of those are super cheap, be pretty cheap to buy. And you can use those for cleaning stuff too. I, I have a whole mm -hmm. list of different cleaning sprays that just use, you know, baking soda, um, and vinegar and mm -hmm. super easy, make it at home. And, um, yeah, that's, I didn't know that, ugh, you know, the oil based, it's just like, what the heck? Like, yeah. Ugh, so that's another I thing I found out. I love grapes so much. Um, mm -hmm. they're so good and I could eat like a bajillion grapes. I found out there on the dirty dozen right now. Yeah. And, um, I was like, damn. I eat so I many know. grapes and I typically buy them organic, but organic grapes are inexpensive. So they are, so, yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, spend six bucks on grapes all the time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I actually, we, the dish soap that we use, um, is Dr. Bronner, oh, um, nice. fragrance free yeah. and, um, that sort of thing. So 
I actually sometimes I'll oops I'll add in some soap while I'm cleaning the produce too yeah. because we we were buying produce from Misfits Market. Oh yeah, I um, love them. Yeah, and so sometimes I think they if you don't change your order for the week, they send you a box of random things. Yes. So we got a bunch of grapes one time. And they weren't organic. And so I, I did all the things like the baking soda, the vinegar. I added some soap in there. And obviously you got to um, rinse them well because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be eating soap. But um, with apples too, um, I, I love using apples some of the soap. Like mm-hmm. my favorite fruit. And yeah, apples are notorious for being just pesticides and that coating on the the skin Mm -hmm. and that's like my favorite I love the skin of an apple and it's like coated and like a weird coat I don't even know what it is but Mm -hmm. it's shameful yeah yeah for Um, sure I did want to go I think oh yeah oh I was just gonna say I think we covered a lot of the ways to reduce exposure was there anything else before we went on to um supporting detoxification of them Yeah, I just want to say um, I can list this in the show notes. I have an all-purpose cleaning spray. So these are all ingredients on how to make organic or just like healthy options for all-purpose cleaning spray, a degreaser, vinegar mix cleaning spray, furniture dusting spray, and a glass and mirror spray. So I'll list that in the show notes on the – when you can – listen to us on Spotify or Apple podcasts. So I'll list that there just so you have these options. And then as we get into the next season, we're going to start doing story highlights and that will have a lot of ingredients or things that we've talked about, supplements, etc. So you can find all this stuff. This stuff will be available to you in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also want to talk about my favorite brands before we get into detoxifying. Cool. So yeah. the brands that I love so far for detergent and cleaning, um, Molly's Suds. It's a um, really great brand. It comes in a big bag. You use one tablespoon, the scoops in, in there. There's a bleach and a, I mean, there's so much on that, but I use the lavender um powder detergent and then the lemon bleach I think it is um but it's just a powder bleach so quote-unquote bleach so it just has like whitening agents that aren't that are all natural um Mm -hmm. the clothing so when you're looking for clothing um I'd suggest 100% cotton clothing if you can I still wear polyester every now you know it's it's unavoidable in certain circumstances so don't you know go super crazy on this, but like 100% cotton sheets, uh, linen sheets. Um, but there's this clothing brand called Pact, a little expensive, but could be yeah. could be something to look into when you're looking to like maybe buy leggings or um, underwear or something. So you can have the barrier between your polyester and your um, reproductive area, your, your mm-hmm. vagina and your, you know, just in case. So um, and then makeup, 100% pure. Once again, um, I think we've talked about this this before, but this is a little expensive. But if you do love makeup and you want organic makeup, that could be a great brand. Uh, we talked about the water filter, Berkey and Life Straw, Hygiene. I've used Vermont Soap. Um, that is a great brand. It could come in a big jug for you. Um, 
local brand in Vermont, really great. Uh, you can buy it off of Amazon. Then there is Attitude. They're also really good for perfume. Dossier and Heretic, those are essential based perfumes or essential oil based perfumes. Menstruation, I have Vida, V E E D A. Uh, I use their tampons and they also have pads and I think panty liners. Um, mm. And I want to say they're based out of Italy and they have a warehouse in California, if I'm correct. Uh, I think I use the same ones. Mm-hmm. And then I use um, reusable pads. Oh, nice. They're yeah. like bamboo. Ooh, yeah, because okay. I don't I don't wear pads as much um, just for like bedtime. Yes. Um. So I I like those. Yeah, bedtime. The reusable ones. Bedtime in the first three days. I guess mm-hmm. I don't like to get up every freaking two hours to. <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, face soap, herbivore, juice, beauty, and glow recipe. Glow recipe sometimes uses fragrances, but they have started to lessen that as well as use uh, plant based fragrances. And then food, we already talked about this, organic at the grocery store, least processed foods as possible, and then farmer's markets. If you have one in your area, try to support them a little bit, get get a few things from there. Um, but yeah, so we'll go into mm-hmm. detoxing. Um, this awesome. is, I feel more of, I have a few things on this, but I feel like Jenna, you would be, this would be a good time for you to shine because you know way more cool. about this part than myself. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll list off what I have and then, um, we can, you can help fill in any gaps that I missed. Um, so fiber is really important. Fiber is going to be one great way to help bind to any sort of toxins in the gut, help eliminate that. So fiber from things like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, um, also cruciferous veggies, they contain indole three carb carbonyl, um, which helps support the liver's detoxification. So cruciferous veggies would be things like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower. Um, oh, they also contain sulforaphane. Mm. Sul- sulforaf- I'm not going to be able to say that. I won't either be able to say <laughs> Sulforaphane. <laughs> These big words, I just, I don't know. Yes. I can never do it either. Um, green tea is really great because oh, it's rich man. in antioxidants, um, and that's going to help enhance liver function and support detoxification. Um, and then, uh, curcumin or turmeric, um, curcumin is a compound found in turmeric. Um, it can, it's strongly anti-inflammatory and it has strong antioxidant properties as well. So that's also going to support liver, Mm. um, function and detox pathways. Milk thistle, Yes. It's a really popular herb for supporting the liver. And it also, so it helps with detoxification, Mm -hmm. but also liver health in general. Mm -hmm. So it can help um, reverse any sort of damage that the liver has to a certain extent, you know, depending on how bad the damage is. Um, There's actually um, uh, a now foods supplement that I use. It has milk thistle, um, artichoke leaf, and something else I can't think of right now. Um, dandelion root, I'm pretty sure. Yes, so dandelion. I take that, um, to help with detox. And I actually noticed I'm not, I don't have issues with acne now. Um, but it's funny cause I, I take a lot of different supplements, um, for different reasons. And, um, I was taking milk thistle, that milk thistle supplement for a while. And I was trying to cut back on supplements, see what was working, what right. wasn't. And I started to get pimples like 
um, wow. randomly and kind of like right before my period. And I was like, that's really interesting. And I started it up again and I haven't had that issue. So I'm like, I might have to, wow, it really does something for me. I'm going to look into that one. So let's put that in the show notes because that's okay. a really great, um, supplement to provide to people, especially myself. So I want that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and also there's, um, Seeking Health, who we're affiliated with, we can put in some um, Seeking Health, like anything that fits into this detox yes. um, category. Um, so B vitamins is another really important one. They help support methylation, um, which is the process your body needs to um, support detoxification of heavy metals. Um, and this is actually really important if you have a genetic mutation, um, the MTHFR, mm -hmm. any sort of MTHFR mutation, it can be really beneficial to be taking a, a B-complex supplement to help with that. Um, and binders. So I did mention binders earlier. So there's a lot of different binders out there. One of the most gentle ones is chlorella. Um, yes. yep. So that's um, an algae and um, it's believed to help bind heavy metals and other toxins. Um, and I've been taking chlorella for, I think, a couple of years now. I take a few different binders because I actually, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but I... Um, started working with a functional medicine doctor back in 2021, I think it was fall of 2021, um, because I was dealing with complete burnout and it turned out that I had super, super high mycotoxin levels, um, just from years and years of different exposures to mold. Wow. Um, and I also had Lyme. It wasn't active. It was kind of like in the in-between. It's like, yes, you have Lyme, but it's not active right now um but you i'm guessing it was from oh, a tick bite yeah oh, um yeah so with the mycotoxins i i was working with the doctor who like recently retired so i'm not working with anyone right now but he he told me i had the highest mycotoxin levels that he had ever seen <gasps> in his 25 years of practice Holy I was crap. like, oh my God, no wonder why I feel like such crap. <laughs> oh my God. But um, so I take binders and actually I I see it as being part of like my long-term plan. Yeah. I take them before bed. With with binders, most binders, you have to take them away from food and other supplements because they are gonna bind on to nutrients. Um yes. so you don't you don't want that. So um if you do take binders, it's good to take them before bed. Isn't um away from food. I think color I could never say that freaking word. Uh I think it uh affects vitamin C, if I'm correct. Um I remember reading that one time that you can't take them both at the same time. So that kind of case. Oh, okay. Yeah. So vitamin C and chlorella. Chlorella. Yeah, okay. It's like yeah, chlora yeah. almost. <laughs> so. But that's that's a gentle one, and I'm pretty sure that's breastfeeding safe so. um, because of how gentle it is. Um, and then another good one is activated charcoal. Yes. Um, and that can be helpful, like, in cases of food poisoning, too. Yes. Although I have heard stories of people taking it and then throwing up and, like, yeah, too it's much. not fun. Mm -hmm. so. You only want to do a capsule. Start with a capsule. And then – but you don't want to take a lot because it can induce it. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that can help absorb that and any sort of other toxins in the gut um, so that they're not reabsorbed in the body. So that's 
that's one thing why it's difficult to get rid of these toxins is because they can just be reabsorbed into the gut. So you need to be taking binders to help um, get rid of them. Um, and zeolites I'm not as familiar with, but they do help with removing heavy metals and other toxins. Um, and then bentonite clay is a good yes. one too. So I take um, chlorella activated charcoal and bentonite clay. Do you take it every, every night? Day? Okay. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. yeah. And because they're, they, they work in a way that actually helps, um, bring these, um, toxins out of your body. So it can cause different issues. It can actually worsen the issues that you, you have from these, um, toxins. So if, you know, you get headaches, um, it can actually worsen headaches. And if you don't really get headaches, it still can cause headaches. Um, and I also, I started taking this other supplement. Um, it's heavy metal and chemical binder. Um, and I forget the name of the company. Um, it's like way too small for me to read there, <laughs> but um, I have terrible eyesight. <laughs> we have to do that but, thing now um, where we like hold it back and like move it up. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, but I started taking this recently and um, it has, different ingredients like, um, uh, what is it called? Um, what's that herb that, oh, cilantro It has oh, different yeah. herbs in it. Cilantro is so um, good for heavy metal reducing yeah. reduction. Yeah. yeah. So I started getting a headache. Um, I was taking it twice a day and now I can only take it once a day. So it's like, sometimes you have to, it's a little bit of trial and error, but you know how much you can take. Um, so if you, if you do decide to take any of these, you know, obviously look into all these things yourself. These aren't personalized recommendations that we're giving you. Right. Um, and just be mindful of that, that they can sometimes um, stir up these issues a little more. Does um, Seeking Health have a um, cl chlorella, chlorella um, supplement? I don't think so. Oh, I looked into it. Okay. They have some other things like glutathione. Yes, um, I did see They that. do have some glutathione. So that's um, one of the key antioxidants in your body. So it's, it's super vital for detox in the liver. Um, and it can actually be increased from foods like, um, sulfur rich foods, like garlic and onions, mm. even whey protein apparently. Um, and then there's certain supplements that you can take with glutathione, um, and omega-3 fatty acids. So that those you can find in different fish oils, um, and, also eating fatty fish that can be really important for reducing inflammation and also supports overall detox, um, processes in the body. And let's see, hydration is really important. Making yeah, sure you're drinking enough water. water. Mm -hmm. Women, it's recommended to get 2.7 liters of water a day. You might need more. Um, and sweating is really important too yeah. for detox and, um, so, I mean, if you have a sauna or access to a sauna, that's one of the best ways. Yeah. Exercising is a great way, too. Um, I'm trying to get a sauna later on in life. Like, definitely oh my God. they sell them now that you could just, like, from, like, maybe Home Depot, but they have a lot of, like, companies now that just sell those, like, mini wood saunas. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. you can get them I think you can find an actual sauna now for pretty cheap, but if you want a really nice one, you can look on those companies and just look like wood sauna. And I think I want to say maybe like 500 to a thousand dollars. I don't think they're that bad. Oh, um, I 
don't sweat very often, which is probably not the greatest, but when I'm sleeping, I sweat like a pig. So I'm Hmm. like, at least I'm getting something out when I'm sleeping. So, (laughs) but like, I'm typically cold and, um, Hmm. but at night I just, my blood is like flowing. I don't know why. And Hmm. I'm just so sweaty. So interesting. At least maybe your mattress. Do you think it's bad? (laughs) Well, I think the only thing is if you're overheating at night, it's going to disrupt your sleep. Yeah, I get sweaty. Like I like I wake up and I'm like I'm pouring out of breath. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, maybe I should look at my mattress. Maybe I need a cooling mattress. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm. That, yeah, I. Yeah. I use um tufted needle. Okay. Um, for my mattress, it's you know it's not like an organic mattress, but it is one of the lesser toxic mattresses out there and I don't think I've had any issues because I I used to get that too like um getting way too hot at night and I don't think I've really had any issues um with this mattress but yeah like I (laughs) Matt he like can't sleep too close to me because I'll like burn into a flame like a heat box like (laughs) same with Eric he's like you are he'll be cold and I'm like how are you cold I'm sweating my balls off right now (laughs) like I don't get it. Oh my God. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So what was I? Uh, oh, sweating. sweating. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's sauna blankets. Um, yes. So I actually invested in a sauna blanket. It's by Heat Healers. Um, and I love it. I haven't, I used it regularly for a while. Um, and it's been difficult since the kids started school again with changes in schedules. But um, I love that. And it sometimes it does take a while to start sweating with it, even like on the highest heat. Um, but that's that's a cheaper option, too. I think it was you can get yes. them from between like three hundred and five hundred dollars. Is that um, the like you go into like a thing, you're covered up to your head mm-hmm. and you like zip yourself up and it's like, yeah. The, OK, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like a sleeping bag. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, this one has jade stones on the bottom Ooh. and it's far infrared light. So I think, um, I might be mistaken. There's a difference between far infrared light and near infrared light. And I think far infrared supports detoxification more than near infrared because it penetrates deeper. Okay. They have, they both have different benefits though. Like near infrared, um, is really great for like mitochondrial function. Powerhouse um, of the cell, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we'll have to do an episode on mitochondria. Yeah, that would be um, a big one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's that was a lot of the things that I that mm-hmm. I had. If you have anything, yeah, I just different. have some clean your gut with some herbs like psyllium, mm-hmm. aloe vera, marshmallow, slippery elm ginger i know you mentioned garlic cayenne pepper that can also produce some sweating effects as well um alfalfa dandelion we already talked about and taking a probiotic um i'm like really big on probiotics i love them i've suffered from constipation for forever and uh probiotics have changed my life and uh Mm. also now this rise coffee has also helped a lot too so if you suffer from things like that because that once again stores the toxins in you like if you're not yeah excreting like you you got buildup going on so 
Um, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a really important point. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing. Things are getting reabsorbed. Exactly. And that's one thing that I suffered from for a really long time is just not being able to poop. And um, mm-hmm. so I've really worked hard on trying to do that. And probiotics have changed it up. Magnesium has changed it up. So magnesium, zinc, vitamin D, and omega-3s, she's already mentioned that, but that also supports your hormonal health since hormones are in the endocrine. Um, Then we have herbs that can help with women, and that's like red raspberry leaf, maca, and then um, what else do we have on here? Um, Vitex. So these are all going to help hormone regulation um, that could be caused by um, reduced endocrine function. Um, And then, yeah, I think she's mentioned pretty much all the good stuff. Then there's ashwagandha if we need to relax. Well, adaptogens in general, but like Mm -hmm. ashwagandha, that can help cortisol. I know we talked about Mm -hmm. that in some other episodes, but that can reduce the cortisol levels increasing um, from your adrenal glands. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so just functioning, making your hormones function properly, reducing um, the buildup. So, you know, poop in, just get it out. And, you know, hydration, as she mentioned, because we want to pee, we want to get stuff out, keep it moving, because that's going to slow us down, it's going to cause buildup. So, so yeah, so Mm -hmm. lots of great information in this episode, I feel like. Um, Yeah, and with, with maca, I want to mention maca and vitex, um, or maca, however you pronounce it. Um, Um, with that, there's specific strains. It's kind of like a probiotic in the sense that like these different strains have different effects. Mm -hmm. And generally like the maca that you would buy, um, I don't know, like at a grocery store or wherever, like a health food store, it's generally not going to be, um, a specific strain for women. And more often I've heard that it's actually a strain that's been shown to help with men more. Um, so there's, certain companies, um, there was a supplement called Feminescence and I forgot the name of the company, um, but it's Feminescence and that's for menstruating women specifically. And then they have, um, some for women like going through menopause, perimenopause. I think they have those two options for women and then they have one for, for men as well, I believe. But, um, that's, I've, I've had clients um, while I was doing my supervised hours, one of my supervisors actually worked for the company that developed that supplement. So she was all about maca. Um, But I, and I recommended it to some clients and a lot of them felt like it worsened their symptoms. It kind of like stirred up their hormones a bit. And it took, it took a while for it to actually start to have benefits, but it does like, it really does help to regulate your hormones, but it can actually like, throw you out of whack at first causes the bad Um, and then the good kind of to yeah yeah Mm -hmm. which some people don't want to go through that sometimes it drags on so it's it's a little risky i mean you can take half a half of what they recommend and see like how that goes um but it's i don't know one of those iffy ones um and with vitex I've noticed that the best time to take it is about like two weeks leading up to your period. And it can actually um, 
prevent your period from coming. It's not like a birth control or anything mm. like that, um, but it can mess with your cycle a little bit. So I've noticed for most people, the most helpful way to take it is starting like um, halfway through your cycle. So two weeks leading up to your period and then stopping it a couple days before you typically get your period. And then it usually the period comes on like a couple days after you stop. Mm-hmm. And that can be really helpful. That's good to for, know. With like PMS. Yeah. And I know we mentioned this before, but tracking your period is definitely great. So use flow or a period tracker because then you can time these herbs that you're taking based around actually knowing like when you're ovulating and when you're about to mm-hmm. have your, you know, menstruation. So um, I found, yeah. I found feminescence maca life is that, would it, it's like Michael a purple box. Is that the brand? I, I, I think so. Yeah. And so we can post this too. We can we can tell people about this one. Maca pause for postmenopause, maca harmony for menstrual health. So there's a few of them actually. So yeah. we'll we'll put that we'll put that in the show notes as well. So awesome. So yeah. That was I think that's pretty much it. This is a our longest episode yet. Oh my god, one and a half. What? <laughs> That's great. So, and this is, you know, this is our, well, last episode of the season. So come out with a bang, yeah. leave with a bang. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, hopefully people will, will like it and listen and will join us for season two. But mm-hmm. is there anything else that you want to say that you don't think we touched on? Or do you think, you know, within this hour and a half, we <laughs> Mm-hmm. We did it. I think we, I think we did it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> we got all the things. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's finish it off. So thank you all for listening to episode 11 on endocrine disruptors. This is our last episode of season one. We'd like to thank all of our listeners, new and old that have supported us throughout the season. Also, thank you to our wonderful guests who have graciously participated in bringing awareness to women's health, pregnancy, mental health, and postpartum. We want to wish everyone a happy holidays and we will be back in January. If you haven't yet hit that follow button on Spotify and Apple podcasts to support. Also, if you have any questions, feel free to message us on Instagram at modern moms, wellness, underscore podcast. We appreciate all the love you've given us. And until next time in January, lots of love and goodbye. Goodbye.